0: dokie, welcome back to the Between the Stitches podcast, baseball only show, part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group, episode number four. We are going to be diving into some of the rules that are like still being agreed upon by the owners and the players, uh, one of them being the extra innings runner on
1: second base rule. Hate it, but we'll get into it. We will predict the American league central. We'll
0: give you standings and exact records for where we think each team is going to perform. And we may give a nice teaser to next week, talking about the next division we're going to be predicting. And then maybe our opinions on the best lineup in each league, talk about some baseball news and get into the rest of it. So thank you guys for tuning into the episode. Let's go, baby. Let's get into it. Right.
1: Here we go. Episode number 4. <sighs> Lots to talk about with baseball because we
0: are close. We are very close
1: to the regular season. 2 weeks from today baseball will be underway. Two weeks
0: from this exact moment, there'll be like 10, 15 games underway. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. What is also unbelievable is that the owners and the players, not that they're still agreeing to rules,
1: but that they've agreed to keep the runner on second base rule. They've agreed to it, which is bananas. bananas. The runner on second base rule was a,
0: for those of you who don't know, the runner on second base rule is a rule that's been implemented by major league baseball to shorten the length of games. They don't, they didn't want games that went into extra innings to go on forever and ever and ever by putting a runner on second base to instigate scoring runs sooner rather than later understandable right because i actually agree i don't think games should be going to the 19th 20th fucking crazy two full games worth of games right that's just not good for pitchers it's not good for anybody but what's also not good is just oh the game's tied well now we're going to completely change how the game is played for the innings that are going to decide the game to put a runner on second base to start the 10th inning to me is very counterintuitive very counterintuitive because if the team that's on offense first, the away team, comes up to bat with a runner on second base and they bunt him over to third for one out and then they hit a ground ball or they hit a fly ball to the outfield and drive him in or they
1: bunt him in to be quite honest. What's stopping the home team from just doing the same thing? Because
0: the answer is not much, if anything. So why, then, would we start it in the 10th inning? I'm actually not opposed to the rule. But please start it in the 12th inning. Please start it in the 12th inning, not the 10th. Because starting it in the 10th essentially ends all... Strategic or like baseball aspect of it, it now turns into I'm gonna change my swing, I'm gonna change my stance, I'm gonna change my approach as a pitcher. All these things completely go out the door. Whereas, if there's nobody on base, you'd be more inclined maybe to throw a right-handed hitter an outside fastball. But with a runner on second and no outs. Well, all he's got to do is just choke up and slap the ball to second base and it's a ground out and it moves the runner over. I don't want him to move the runner over, so I'm going to throw him inside fastballs. And it's just like, it's just that back and forth, that constant like, man, like what, the strategy has disappeared, which sucks. So please, for the love of God, implement it in the 12th inning, not the 10th. Please. But they're not. They're putting it back in for the 10th. Ugh, it sucks, man. It really, really sucks. I don't like it at all. But what are we going to do? Nothing is the answer. I mean, I think most people agree that it's a good rule, and most people also agree that it probably shouldn't start in the 10th inning. The main reason that that was implemented and put into place was in 2020, during the COVID year, when they wanted to keep games short as possible They wanted to make sure everybody stayed healthy. The teams were playing 25-inning games with the limited amount of pitching that people had available and the preparation time that people had and so on and so on. So
1: for them to keep it around, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's very
0: baseball-y, which sucks. If that makes any sense. It just doesn't feel very baseball-ish, which I don't like. But, again, not much we can do to control it. And it is what it is. Hopefully it doesn't impact the games too much, right? And if people say, well, if you want to avoid it, then just fucking don't go to extra innings. and I get it, but shit happens, man. I'm going to go to extra innings. I don't want it to immediately start with a runner on second base because that just changes the game. It just changes it. And it's like, okay, well, then score two runs or score three runs. It's like, okay, but if you score two, how many times did we fucking see last year when that rule was in place? You score two, right? The runner on second scores, and then the runner on, you know, the next guy scores behind him or whatever. Two runs score, and the next inning, it's like the guy gets a single, so then one run scores anyways. And now it's a one-run game with the runner on first. It's like... It's just very, like, null. It's just very, like... It just doesn't... It's, like, the same thing, right? Except... I I mean, I'd love to see the statistics. I'm not really sure what the official number is on how much shorter it actually keeps the games. I doubt it's very much. I doubt... Honestly, dude, I really doubt it's that much. Because... I don't know. I just... It doesn't feel like it's that different. And if a team is down by one, the other team doesn't bunt or anything gets a hit with two outs, and then drives the run-in. What is stopping the home team from bunning him to sec- bunning him to third and bunning him home? Or choking up and slapping a ball as a fly ball to the outfit? Like what is- Seriously, what is stopping?
1: I don't know. I don't know. just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But it is what it is. Um, we can't control it, but thankfully a lot of the other stuff is not
0: coming back as far as like I mean, some of the rules, I guess, have hung around, like three, pitch, three batter minimum for pitchers and stuff. And I don't mind that stuff, too. That doesn't change the game too much. I mean, yeah, if you're having a bad outing, you don't want the guy to go out there and just pitch to batters and pitch to batters and whatever if he's walking everybody. But I don't know. I get it. It is what it is. Uh, moving on to who we think the best lineup is in baseball, National League and American League
1: best lineups. I think the two best lineups in the,
0: I think the best lineup in the American league and the best lineup in the national league will end up
1: being the teams that get to the world series. The best lineup in the American league is the Toronto blue Jays. It is. I'm telling you, it is right now.
0: Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman.
1: uh, A lot of other guys. (laughs) George Springer. um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, I could go on. But that's an unbelievable fucking lineup. I mean, like, unbelievable. And in the National League, it's pretty apparent who the best lineup is. It's the fucking Dodgers.
0: The best lineup in the National League is the Dodgers, and it's not close. In no particular order, but maybe positionally, going from, like, infield to outfield, if you want to say. Justin Turner is at third. Okay? Okay chris taylor at short potentially or maybe another random superstar prospect that they don't know nobody knows about but he's good chris taylor max muncie at second base freddie freeman at first base mookie betts cody bellinger aj pollock will smith catching i mean for fuck's sake I mean, literally, for fuck's sake. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Freddie Freeman, MVP. Mookie Betts, MVP. Yes, Bellinger had a down year last year, but he still has won an MVP. It's crazy, dude. It is fucked how good that lineup is. So I think the best two lineups should be the two teams in the World Series, but we all know a lot changes over time, and guys could get hurt, and this and that. We'll make our own predictions later on about the playoffs and the world series and everything else. One thing I can say for sure is those two lineups on paper are the best in baseball. And it's, man, it's tough. It's tough to see anybody putting out more runs than those two lineups respectively in each league. Moving on to our predictions. We did the American league East last episode we are now moving on to the American League Central Division. This is a division that's got a handful of up-and-comers, a couple of teams that are a bit of an oddball. and Then it's got the one team that's going to stand out more than the rest, of course, in the White Sox.
1: My projected uh, standings for the White Sox. It's not going to surprise a lot of people but the American League Central will go as follows. In first place, let me start from the bottom, actually. The American League Central will go as follows from bottom to top.
0: The Cleveland Guardians will finish last and they will go 63-99. and The Kansas City Royals will finish fourth. They will go 71 and 91. In third place, the Minnesota Twins will go 87 and 73. Tied with the Twins, but getting the tiebreaker, not that it'll mean anything, but tied with the Twins. In second place, the Detroit Tigers, 87 and 73 as well. And in first place in that division, the Chicago White Sox who will go 96 and 66. Mark it down. That's exactly how the division's going to unfold. Going from top to bottom, the White Sox are obviously the most loaded team. The offense is loaded. Pitching staff is unbelievable. Bullpen is a fucking joke. Nobody's going to touch them in that division. And 96 wins will get them the division title, no doubt. The Tigers are on their way up, and I see the Tigers having a lot of sustained success this season with prospects like Casey Mize, who's no longer a prospect, but a young guy, Casey Mize, with Riley Green, a young outfielding prospect, with Spencer Torkelson, prospect first overall pick for them. Both of those guys are in the top 10 of all baseball prospects, Green and Torkelson. Akil Badu is a great player. They signed Javier Baez. So I think they're going to be that young, scrappy team that's going to show out a lot more than they have in recent years. And they're not going to have much to play for. So why wouldn't they? Whereas underneath them, the Twins are an oddball team that we mentioned early on in these predictions. But the Twins are not going to live up to, if you would like to say, the hype uh, that they've maybe built themselves. Right. Uh, They trade for Sonny Gray. They trade for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. They sign Carlos Correa. Like, it's weird, Um, but they have a good team. They have a good offensive team, at least. Right. Byron Buxton, Correa, like we mentioned, maybe Gary Sanchez can, you know, kind of be more consistent. Max Kepler is really solid. Uh, Jorge Polanco is a great player. Like, they have dudes. But their pitching is really bad. <laughs> their starting pitching is going to be really bad. And their bullpen's not going to be very good. And so I just don't see the Twins having a lot of that consistent performance that'll put them into the postseason. I just don't see it. Fourth place is Kansas City, 71-91. and I mean, nothing wrong with Kansas City. They're just not going to be great, right? Uh, they have a couple prospects. They have a couple guys that they could potentially – you know that could potentially make an impact for them, but end of the day, I don't know. It is what it is. the The Royals aren't going to be very good, but it's fine. I mean, if you're a Royals fan, you know that it's expected. It is what it is. And then lastly, the Guardians are going to be really bad. Um, their only player, their only good players, are uh, Jose Ramirez. Excuse me, Jose Ramirez. Shane Bieber's a great pitcher. Emmanuel is a good closer. And then Fremno Reyes can hit home runs. And that's about it. So, Guardians are going to be bad. They're paying their team nothing. I'm not a big fan of them as a team overall because they just aren't paying anybody anything. It's sad, to be honest with you, uh, because Cleveland just went from such a prominent, you know, repetitive playoff appearance team, right? Winning the division, getting to the ALCS, it felt like. Fucking four years in a row. And then they're just now they're just like they are so bad. And they're gonna be so bad. So sorry, Cleveland fans. I mean, you guys had your window a while ago, but it is what it is.
1: That is essentially gonna do it. Um, thank you guys for
0: listening. It was a really short episode because we don't have a ton of developments. We covered all the the guys signing. We covered the American League Central. Now it's time for things to actually start developing, right? We have two weeks to opening day. Um, maybe there's some new developments. Maybe we'll see some guys make a serious impact. We don't want to single out too many teams and spend too much time on one per te- one team in particular. But you know moving forward i think this season is going to be really exciting and yeah two weeks away from opening day two weeks away from opening day so thank you guys for listening to the between the stitches podcast uh, a member of the phenomenal Fe- phenomenal fan media group and we hope you guys enjoyed this brief episode we'll catch you guys next week when some more stuff uh develops over the weekend and like always lay off the high cheese would ya? <laughs>